Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 118. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being here. Uh, we are the VJs of podcasting these days. That is true, yeah. which is essentially a DJ of the voice. Yes. A VVJ. A VVJ. Minus the other V, which is video. So we're just VJs. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> we'll workshop that off air, I think. We had to get some of the happened right now. The, the pre-show goofs yeah, out of us. Gotta get the goof troop. Because this is going to be a no-goof episode. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, maybe, uh, not to surprise anybody, but a bit of a content warning. We are going to be talking about the Activision Blizzard lawsuit that came about and a lot of the allegations surrounding that. And I can understand if that is an understandably heavy mm-hmm. subject matter to deal with. But yeah, just give you a warning. So we'll we'll get the normal stuff out of the yeah. way. And then we'll tuck it away and embrace the pain because mm. it's been a bad week. But uh, let me let me just say, uh, it's always been bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what we're learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know you know who else knows that? Mike Morhaime, twenty eight years at Blizzard. <laughs> Gotta tell you. Wow. Gotta tell you. Anyway, but uh, hey, what's going on with you, dude? Wow. Hard transition, right? Yeah, talking about me. I well, I so I never like being the center of attention as it is. Okay, as you've probably noticed. In talk the about past someone else in years. Uh, <laughs> talk about someone else. So Matt Pinfield. Matt Pinfield, famous from... MTV VJ. Um, no, I'm. Who's I'm, the gray hair guy with the black jacket? I don't remember. He was so cool, but he was like he was like forty in ninety one. It, it could have been Jesse Camp. Is it Jesse Camp? It could have been. Okay, because yeah. I, I describe. Yeah, he looked like the oldest one. He was like the dad of the VJs. He was like their chaperone. <laughs> when they went on their VJ uh, field trips and the MTV right. bus. Yeah. And they went to go visit the real world house. Right. Yeah. And he would be the one that would be like, hey, let's do like little head puzzles like while we're on the bus, yeah. okay? Just to keep you guys sharp. <laughs> let's play the movie game, guys. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing good. I had a pretty cool. busy week of, of activities. Uh, it was pretty social this week. I knocked out, this is a separate thought, I knocked out my fifth of five dental appointments Thank fucking God I'm done with that whole situation. God was working on your mouth, huh? Uh, yeah. There, <laughs> and on the stuff. sixth and seventh day, he said, I'm no longer in this guy's <laughs> mouth. But I hadn't been to the dentist in probably 13 years, probably since I was like still wearing my retainer, because mm. I had some pretty heavy orthodontic work growing up, had braces, then a retainer after, and then when I moved out on my own... I didn't have what was called dental insurance. Oh. And something about the American uh, health industry in terms of like medical and dental really scares me and many Americans because it's expensive. Oh, is it? Yeah. The thought of I'm going to go to the doctor and get myself checked out and then go bankrupt because it's so expensive and because insurance won't cover this or that. Right. So a lot of it, I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay for a lot of this out of pocket. But luckily, my dental insurance is pretty cheap and Mm. it covers a lot. I maxed it out pretty fast, though, because I had to get a lot of work done. I had to get a root canal. I had to get a crown for said canal. I had to get a filling, and I had to get a cleaning, which had to happen in two stages. It was a deep clean. They got in there with a rigging tool and a water pick. A rigging tool. Yeah. Like uh, like they're mining in there. Yeah. Huh? yeah it was a little fucking wow. hook. I had a vacuum on it. It was crazy. Did you bleed a bunch? Oh, I was a bleeder, all right. just bloody oh, everywhere? Oh, yeah. I could still taste Bloody that. roar, huh? Yeah. Wow. Good one. Yeah, that's a joke. Gamer joke. But got it all done. My mouth feels good. Otherwise, I haven't really been doing much gaming this week. I was supposed to stream, which we'll, we'll get into uh, in the stream segment, um, but didn't do that. Literally just been like chilling, uh, reading Guyo. 
by Junji Ito Guido. and watching a lot of Breaking Bad. So Let me talk to you about this real that's quick. That's been my week. What's up? I'm kind of worried about you watching a lot of Breaking Bad. Why? You've been binging Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and this is probably, I would say, maybe the 14th or 15th time you've watched this series. and Probably the 4th or 5th time, like, all the way through. 14th, 15th. And <laughs> you, um, you, you treat it like a comfort show, but I gotta tell you, I'm worried when people uh, view upsetting content as their comfort mm-hmm. thing to engage with, right? Like, we're talking about a kid gets shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the first couple, see, I think what the first couple episodes, mm-hmm. somebody gets uh thrown into a bathtub and melted down yep. with uh with some Home Depot liquids and whatnot. Yep. Yeah, you know, just a lot of bad stuff. And I mean, Heisenberg, like he's a villain. He You're watching a villain, a villain yeah. right? He's um, not a likable character. He's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, doesn't well, treat Jesse good. What is it about this show that just grounds you? Well, let me ask you <laughs> on a floaty cloud. Let me turn the the yeah. table towards you. Sure. Why is horror a comfort thing for you? Right. Right? I think for me, like, you know, my one of my comfort shows was The Office, and they took mm. it off of uh, Netflix. Because put it on Peacock. Put it on Peacock, and I'm never going to fucking fly with that bird. You don't like cock? So, is that what it is? You're I'm, ashamed? I'm not ashamed of cock. They got a good deal. I think it's like X amount of dollars. <laughs> but I just have so many streaming services as sure. it is. Sure. Like, yeah, I would like to see 30 Rock again one day, or... Parks and Rec, but I'm not going to get a 16th streaming service. That's true. That's Fuck, fair. I got to cancel one right now. Which one do you want to cancel the most? Uh, I have a Showtime add-on. Ooh, you got to cancel that. I got to cancel Because you're just doing the week. I was just doing the week. Ooh, they're, yeah. they're not going to send me an email for it. How much uh, is that normally? Probably like $8, a little $8 add-on. This shit adds up. I know, I'm exactly. pretty sure I'm spending like $138 a month on fucking subscriptions that I'm not aware of, mm-hmm. right? If like, it, all together. I, I don't know what's going on. Not to mention, like, other things, like Patreon or whatever else that you might just, like, have auto-renewing. And rent. Or Twitch, you know? (laughs) So so why why is it a comfort show? Well, I was rewatching the fourth season of Better Call Saul, just kind of, like, in in hype preparation for whenever the fifth season comes out, because they started production for it. And I was like, let me go back and watch Breaking Bad and see the overlap and, like, the the kind of things that were seeded and, and followed up with in, in Better Call Saul. And God, there, there's such a circuitous nature with the writing and everything mm. where like, there's literally like, <laughs> the plot is as pure as the meth in that show. Like there's like, there's little room for plot holes. Like they cover every spot. They mention a character's name very briefly in like season two of Breaking Bad. And it's like a nothing thing that you forget about. And then that person's a character in Better Call Saul who's like a very, very villainous threat. So it's just like, there's so much thought that like went into huh. making these two entities like seamless. And like, it's just cool to go back and see it all. Cause like, it's one of the best shows that was on TV. You know, most people say prequels are bad. Better Call Saul is top tier TV. Another main go. character that I don't really care for. Vince Gilligan has a way of writing these like leads that are just like, why, yeah. why do you act like this? Yeah. But it makes for good drama. So that's true. But that's fair enough. That's how I've been. How have you been? Ah, uh, bad. Had a very bad fucking you did. week. Can't you get did. into any of that, honestly. No. But uh, it's been a very bad fucking week. Um, you know who had a good week? Who had a good week? Jeff Bezos. He went to space. Oh, really? In his dick shuttle. Oh my god! In his cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Did you hear that uh, one person that was supposed to sit with him that spent twenty-one million or twenty-three, somewhere between twenty-one and twenty-eight million dollars to mm-hmm. be there had just a scheduling conflict. <laughs> And I'm just like, motherfucker. Million dollar scheduling conflict. Like, how are you gonna be like, oh shit? I'm sorry. This is priority. This is my favorite barber. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting three years to get a haircut from this barber. I can't go to space. 
I can't go up to space, yeah. Jeff. I'm, you get it, yeah. right? And he'd be like, no, I'm bald. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, and then what was his first quote? Basically, when he came down, he's like, we need to move all industry to space and keep the world a beautiful gem. And it's just like, you want to pollute space? Yep. You went up there and you're like, look at all this real estate being unused. <laughs> That is a true capitalist, sir. Yeah. That looks like somebody that can look at a forest and say, that could be a motherfucking mini mall. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow, those trees would look great in a parking lot for my mini mall named after me. There's going to be a Brookstone. <laughs> wow. What is it? Blue Origin? I, and people are like, oh, my God, man has returned to space. And I'm just like, why can't these billionaires refund NASA? Right? <laughs> what the fuck? Why does it have to be a privatized bullshit affair? Just so, what was his name? Richard Dawson? Dawson? Mm-hmm. Is that the virgin guy? Mm-hmm. Just so people can, like, fucking kiss the stratosphere for, like, 3.5 seconds. And then, like, I'm going to put astronaut on my gravestone (laughs) it's funny because like when the space race was like a serious thing with like nations competing during like what the soviet soviet union cold war era that was something where it's like that was on a world scale where like these people are competing for global greatness and in the 2000 the the 2020s i should say we have billionaires being like no i'm gonna go to space fucking bezos versus uh musk like what oh my god (laughs) yeah i don't know it's weird it makes me feel weird can we just keep them up there though why not yeah let them colonize space and keep them up there boom you're stuck up there for a while this man wants to throw all industry in space building that space elevator will ruin the earth Like, destroy all resources, just gone to just be like, hey, we did it. And it's like, okay, well, you made everything a Mad Max desert, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that we have an Amazon Go store on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Well, anyway. Well, you had a bad week. Yeah. Let me ask you something that seems like it's been a good thing, though. You've been playing Death's Door on PC. Oh, it's a great game. Yeah. Yeah, Death's Door. Uh, Bought it for PC, um, because I'm a PC gamer. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get in there with my, my clackety clacks and my mousey mouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I don't play that way. That's garbage still. Uh, <laughs> thank you for all the gamepad support for all the games on PC that mm-hmm. have it. And no thank you to all games that don't. <laughs> okay? But uh, yeah, Death Story is really cool. I actually thought it was going to be more Dark Soulsy than it actually is, it's, mm-hmm. and or more roguelike. It has some of those elements, but it's way more Zelda than anything mm-hmm. else. Reminds me of, like, uh, Link to the Past and stuff like that, but the isometric, top-down. Top down. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but more so in the fact that it's a lot of, like, I'm going to go back to recurring areas, and now I have, like, upgrades, mm-hmm. and, you know, well, that's also Castlevania-style, sure. but I, I um, am solving it basic like environmental puzzles and stuff you know that involve a lot of ceramic pots as well like Hmm. there's a lot of zeldaness to it cool but you play as this little crow who's a reaper and he basically has to go after uh souls uh, that are at their prime time man Hmm. and uh, usually those souls are tethered to gigantic bosses but um the music sounds cool the music is pretty good yeah it's pretty good uh i think it's really melancholy which is funny because the game isn't that melancholy really as in like it's it has a lot of humor to it okay it's got like a dark darker aesthetic but it's still like you know it's kind of exaggerated cartoony but there's a lot of like pithy jokes about this and that you meet a man who's uh he has a ceramic pot for a head filled with soup <laughs> uh because a a his his grandmother has converted everyone into 
potheads. <laughs> His name is Pothead. Okay, that was gonna be my next yeah. question. There's a, there, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> jokes like that and such. It reminds me of uh, Grim Fandango, honestly, okay. in tone and style. But then the music is like really, really like somber <laughs> kind of orchestrations, which are really cool. Yeah, every time I walk. Well, the last few mm. nights, like, when I've walked out in the kitchen, I hear, like, this fucking orchestral stuff coming yeah. out of your room that reminds me of, like, Hollow Knight a little bit. And that that music, I think it's by Stephen Larkin or Chris Larkin. Someone, Christopher Larkin, yeah. Christopher Larkin. Yeah. That music is super melancholic. But yeah. It, like, I don't know. It sticks with you after. Yeah. That, yeah. I would even say, like, this game doesn't have as dark of a tone as Hollow Knight does. Mm. It, it's a little lighter, but it's, like, visibly, like, you know, plays with you know skulls and death and mm-hmm. stuff like that but it, it, it's funny it's like a funny game but uh plays really well action's really good it's challenging mm-hmm. um none of the bosses have a health bar so you actually have to watch where they start to crack over time you'll oh. see these spiderwood cracks on their bodies and eventually when you get to the end like they're just covered in cracks and then they explode and give you a soul and shit interesting <laughs> kind of like monster hunter where it's like you have to really pay attention to like the monster's behavior sort of it's 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 more telegraphed in that it's just the cracks like in monster hunter i feel like it doesn't always telegraph until until you see things like on the mini map like the skull skull. yeah like yeah their behaviors don't change very much they'll still come after you as fast as possible Mm. (laughs) but yeah you'll fight like a fucking castle a living castle that's a boss. We got Hell House last year, so like, it's why true. not fight a castle? Hell House is awesome. Yeah, what a great game. Best really? Final Fantasy, right there. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, uh, like I said, you get power ups too, where you, you start with a bow and arrow. And um, one interesting kind of mechanic they do is you have four slots to use your ranged attack, and then it's depleted. But either attacking enemies or breaking pots in the environment bring those back like one by one hmm. so you can recharge the four so it's like this kind of like ammunition system that mm. is very easy to get but it also means like you have to be decisive when you get into rooms where uh they lock you in and mm. there's none of that so you have to do this kind of ebb and flow of like if i want to keep on using range i need to do the risk versus reward thing of getting near the enemy who's mm. spinning around and fucking we're talking about things with maces and shit yeah. And get a whack on them so you can recharge your ammo. It's really interesting. What does your close combat look like? Do you uh, just like fucking spin and Hades? It's like Hades. It's where like slash 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 slash. <laughs> you know? No, I mean like what are your weapons? Uh, sword. So okay. Sword, and you get a few others. I got like two dual uh, weapons. You actually start like I've been playing for hours and hours, and like the first three hours, you only have one weapon the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like you don't switch that often between weapons. Hmm. Like even the slots in the menu, I only see about like seven or eight that are in there, like in total. So you don't get a lot of different weapons. And so far, I've only just picked up my second set of weapons, which is uh, two uh, short blades that are like faster attacks and shit hmm. yeah very cool but yeah you and then you go back to your little agency of uh reapers where it's a bunch of crows working in a basic like office place that's floating in tim burton style above the clouds in purgatory or some shit like hmm. that and there's a giant crow that uh, doles out uh doles out upgrades and such like dark soul style almost but mm-hmm. you never lose your souls quote unquote by the okay. way like if you die you just reset back to like a these checkpoints that are doors that go back to this uh, central hub. Wow, that sounds pretty accessible. Uh, sounds uh, cuck easy, is what Reddit would say. Yeah. Cuck easy. Is that what people are saying about it? <laughs> uh, I just made up that term okay. for it. No, no. It's, it's it's a challenging game, actually. I've had to do like a few fights like over and over because mm-hmm. it's fu- fucking hard, right? And you only have... Um, you don't have a health bar. You just have, again, just like your ammunition, like you start with four health slots and you only get hit four times. Okay. So you gotta like... Yeah, which is also kind of Zelda-y mm-hmm. as well. So, interesting game. Yeah. I, I've been taken to it. I haven't been, like, 
I've been like jumping between a bunch of games like this week and last because I just haven't like landed on a thing. Like no big thing has come out in a little while. No, I feel like the Not next since, like Ratchet and Clank, honestly. Yeah, I feel like the next thing to come out that we're probably gonna latch onto is that new Hot Wheels game. What? No, <laughs> uh, probably Metroid Dread. Actually, Metroid Dread. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll probably be the first time I touch my Switch since uh, Monster Hunter Rise mm-hmm. came out. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird like summer of like I don't even know like I'm not even diving into backlog stuff like I'm mm. just playing smaller stuff like, yeah that came out this year I'm just like yeah I don't know. no I mean I've been playing a lot of um, random stuff on sale from Steam as well mm-hmm. like uh, did you know it is Max Payne's twentieth anniversary as of like two days ago huh twenty years twenty years of Max Payne. Max, comma, pain. Okay. Um, and I picked up Max Payne 3 on Steam because I love that game. And I was like, well, the thing about buying PC versions of games from the very retro PS3 era mm-hmm. <laughs> is is that they all look way better on PC. than they, than they yeah. did on PS3. Like resolution and frame rate and shit. Like, like, you know, you go up to 60. So game looks pretty good mm-hmm. and it's fun, but very distance from max he's like so far away from i want to be like like modern shooters are all like on your shoulder yeah basically this one was just like he's in the middle of the screen and i'm like that's a weird choice and it was like they're all like that and i was like oh i don't remember it that way <laughs> but you know that's walk down memory lane interesting that's never played mean. the max comma pain games uh, or maybe pain comma max pain, pain max yeah um yeah i don't know if you'd like them they're i mean they're just action shooters but they're heavy on story okay very heavy on narration as well mm. so if you didn't like blade runner the theatrical cut then you may not like <laughs> um, fair fair yeah video games cool yeah well let's get into the realness then oh no <laughs> oh right. god do the plug well okay uh if you didn't know us we are the save room just google two boys one mic you're going to get something wild. <laughs> and then Google the save room. You'll find us. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the save room show or Spotify, iTunes, Google play stitcher. Still maybe sure. yeah, no, stitcher. up in the air, still up in the air. No, and our still, still, we don't even know. And RSS feeds across the universe. Now, if you wanted to see a stream, where can they find you, Daniel? Over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Mm-hmm. I took the week off this week because I wanted to do errands and chill and do me, really. And <sighs> next week, myself and Nicholas of Make Monsters will be returning for the third part of our marriage finale for It Takes Two. The marriage finale. Yeah, so check that out. It's been a blast. Yeah. Uh, having a lot of fun with that game. Can't wait to see how it ends. And yeah, it's been a good time. But... That's so far away. I heard the the internet rumble last night with the the, the quake and fear of Fry Doom, which you do over at twitch.tv slash the red herb. That's true. Where you're playing through every single Doom game nope. ever. Nope, not no? doing that. Oh wait, wait, what what are nope, you doing? Nope, not gonna do that. Because okay. we don't we ignore everything up until twenty sixteen. <laughs> true. Yeah, we don't we don't do retro stuff on this uh on this fucking stream, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh no, I'm doing twenty sixteen and then I'm gonna do Doom Eternal next week. I just finished Doom twenty sixteen last night. Mm-hmm. So it took three sessions. Uh I'm gonna do these shorter shorter kind of stream campaigns, right? Like choose maybe like a duo of games or a mm. similar themed game or something and just like do that. Because yeah. I don't want to do another series for a little like while. Like Yakuza. <laughs> I would die. I would. That's that's untenable. And I've streamed a lot of Yakuza yeah. in my day, and that's how I know saying, "Hey, I'm going to do every Yakuza" is a year. 
That's yeah. a year of streaming, especially if you only do it on Fridays. I saw somebody else do that. Rising star of a streamer, uh, Weasel Lawlin. Okay. Streamed through all of Yakuza. Took her a year. And I'm just like, I think that's kind of like the average for people where, especially if they have other stuff they're trying to stream in between or they only lock it into like how you were doing like Fridays. Yeah. It takes a while. It takes a long time because it's like 40 to 80 hours on each Mm -hmm. of those games. And that's just the like business management. That's just the business. Fuck that business management. I'm still (laughs) on like that fucking gimmicky game and I did it all. I got the trophy for it too. Wow. Piece of shit. (laughs) I have fucking flashbacks to that fucking business management shit. Fucking eight hours of that shit. Yakuza Like a Dragon? Yeah. That one was fun. Great game. Yeah. Great game. Great game. (laughs) (laughs) I had a rooster running one of my fucking aquariums. It was great. Great great game. Anywho, uh, I guess we can get in some news. We don't have very many items on here. We're gonna start with the so- what? You got some? What do you got? For no, me? I was gonna. gonna I was like kind of motioning. Like how many we got? We got two things. We got two things. Wow. We got two things. Okay. Oh, I didn't even mention certain things. Like uh, you know the new uh, the new Amazon game, the New World, is breaking people's RTX's uh, 3080s. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, but only the ones made by EGVA. Mm-hmm. These are all acronyms. I don't know why when we get into the PC domain, people are like, just everything's an acronym now. Just yeah. everything's going to be an acronym. That's half on. of what's in my computer, just acronyms. Just acronyms, yeah. man. And then sometimes we have some, like, uh, you know, varying case. What does that mean? Oh, it could be a capital E. It could be a lowercase V. Same acronym. Why? <laughs> why? Yeah, there's a Y in there. What the f- <laughs> fuck? It's silent, but we write it. What the Fuck. Also, I have some required viewing for people. Season two of The Movies That Made Us is on Netflix, oh, by the cool. way. I just watched the Jurassic Park one today. <gasps> it was really good. I gotta check that out. It's really fucking good, actually. Nice. They told they, the story. Season one had, what, what, like, Ghostbusters yes. and Back to the Future? Uh, season two has Back to the Future, apparently. Oh, okay. Or maybe... No, no, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think season two or season one had Back to the Future, and that cool. was rad. But the Jurassic Park one was great. I will check that out tonight. Did you know that Sam Neill's from New Zealand? Is he really? Yeah. Uh, fun story about that is that uh, he Steven Spielberg wanted an American accent for Alan Grant, mm-hmm. um, and you know Sam Neill was like, "Well, I don't like doing those, but I want to be a part of a Spielberg film." Sure. So he he did it, and on the first day of set, Steve walks up to him and says, "Hey, man, that voice you're doing, maybe just use your voice." And he was like, really? And he was like, yeah, just use your voice. And he was like, cool. And he was so happy. He was like, okay, cool. I get to use my actual, like, accent uh, Mm -hmm. during this. By day three, Steve comes back and goes, can you do something in the middle between your accent and then the American one? Just, like, right in in between, please. (laughs) Which is hilarious to me. Wow. I've heard some pretty, like, thick, like, Australian and, like, New Zealand accents just from watching Flight of the Concords. Like, I think of, like, Reese Darby. Who has like a very oh super thick very thick New Zealand accent yeah for sure um what's his face uh Hugh Jackman's Australian right mm-hmm. okay but he is in the film Chappie and that's why I get confused because mm. <laughs> that's all like in New Zealand okay there you go so watch that let me ask you about another bit of required viewing that I haven't seen yeah the no clip for Demon Souls have you seen that yes is it good it's decent okay it's not like honestly it's not on the <laughs> I hate to say this but like it's not as intriguing as um the final fantasy 14 was that Mm -hmm. they broke up in the three parts where like i think because there's a conflict to that story which was we we launched the game 14 Mm -hmm. and it did not resonate with people and then we had to do a huge like reboot for a game that was live is an interesting story yeah for demon souls it was a very very just kind of like it was almost like a gdc talk (laughs) about like the different components to it while super interesting Mm -hmm. uh especially if you're into like hey how it's made kind of shit sure um 
there wasn't like a story to be told there, which is like some of the best no clip stuff is a story. Like the Doom documentary was mm-hmm. like a story of how they got there. Yeah, because it had yeah. been like what over ten years between like Doom titles. Yes, so. like a big gulf because like they started working on Doom Four, mm-hmm. and Doom Four was basically a military shooter on Earth, mm-hmm. and they all did not like it. Mm-hmm. Well, like they liked the gameplay, they're just like, "This is not Doom, though. We shouldn't sell this as Doom. We already fucking made a hard pivot away with Doom Three as a survival horror game. Mm-hmm. Like we need to go back to something." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, otherwise it's okay. It, useful insights like um, most of the design documents that they got from Japan were in Japanese. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. So they had to like have some dudes uh translate the whole thing only to find out like some of the shit that they're translating was like not usable because it wasn't like a part of the game's code anymore and stuff like that yeah but interesting i'd still like to check it out so you should still watch it's only an hour so check it out well that's an hour i could be losing yeah by watching never mind (laughs) fuck it an hour of breaking bad yeah i was gonna say that's an hour that i'm not watching breaking bad right so that's a Right. Yeah, no, that's some valuable uh, yeah. BB time, man. Yeah, of course. For sure. <laughs> For sure. You're right. Well, we got two things on here. Mm-hmm. The first thing uh, is something that we have both craved like cravens for a long time. Craving Craven. Call me Wes Craven. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Funny enough, John Carpenter wanted to make a movie uh, on this. Yeah. He should have. And he fought Wes Craven in a fist fight once. Anyway, number one, he won. EA Motive is remaking Dead Space. During this week's EA Play stream, where Xavier Woods brought ten times more energy than the publisher ever deserved, it was revealed that EA Motive is remaking 2008's Dead Space from the ground up. Now let us bow our heads for the press release. Quote, the sci-fi survival horror classic Dead Space Returns, completely rebuilt from the ground up by Motive Studios to offer a deeper and more immersive experience. Come on, man. Harnessing the power of the Frostbite game engine. Oh, why? Yeah, that engine sucks. (laughs) Uh, What, it's made with razor blades? It hurts everyone that touches it. In next generation consoles, this remake brings jaw-dropping visual fidelity and improvements to gameplay while staying true to the original. Dead Space will be available on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. End quote. Now, in an interview with IGN, creative director Roman Campos Aurelia, sorry, Aurelia, forgive me on that one, promised the remake isn't a simple up-res. They're reshooting animations, rebuilding all assets, and are even using content cut from the 2008 game. Links to Dead Space 2 and 3 will be more evident, but Roman says the dreaded microtransactions of the latter will not return. The original game's creator, Glenn Schofield, seems to have given the project his blessing. On Twitter, he said, quote, Directing the original Dead Space was one of the highlights of my career. Excited to see what the EA Motive Studio team does with it. End quote. Such enthusiasm. Such enthusiasm. Now, the weird thing about that, here's what bothered me. If Mm -hmm. you actually go to his Twitter, for some reason, his quote was in quotations. Like, he tweeted it, Mm -hmm. but it was in quotes as if he, like, said it in his bathroom. (laughs) And he was just, like, being journalistically honest about the fact that it was something he didn't manufacture for that tweet. Like, it's weird. It bothered Mm me. Who quotes themselves? Do you tweet and put your shit in quotes? Sometimes, when I know it's going to make history. (laughs) (laughs) So, what is your level of excitement? I mean, we've talked about this, like, I feel like literally two episodes ago. Yeah, exactly, two episodes ago. Yeah, that we knew this was coming, basically, uh, because Jeff Grubb was out there just fucking leaky leaky, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought, 
I think I thought the rumors around it were kind of something else, where they're like, "Oh, it's going to be like a like a reboot remake." This really just kind of sounds like a ground up remake. Sounds like a remake. Yeah, yeah, more more remake than anything. Mm-hmm. But um, the adding cut content thing is actually a play from Capcom. Yeah, that's what they did with RE2. Uh, like uh, the famous Mr. X hat is from the original mm-hmm. um, concept art for the yeah. game that they didn't use for the game so so what's my so take maybe we'll get like a hat on some of these necromorphs yeah. oh that'd be so good Yo, that reminds me of um mode. Hmm. resident evil 7 the jack baker birthday That's dlc right. where you have like fucking molded wearing birthday hats yeah all <laughs> that all that dlc is legendary yeah. dog That's so all good. that shit's so good so ea yeah. motive ea motive they did uh star wars squadrons and battlefront they and did battlefront 2 single player campaign specifically and that's really it yeah. So, a studio that's been around since what, 2005, 2006, founded by Jade Raymond, which is awesome. <sighs> I hmm. Yeah, where where did you want to remake? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean my my simple hope cuz I'm a simple man, right? Yeah. Simple kind of Dan is that I wanted just the trilogy. I wanted a HD remaster trilogy. That was it. It would have been perfect like last gen to the PS4. Now, having seen what Capcom's done with, you know, Resident Evil 2 Remake and Resident Evil 3 Remake, I think a lot of studios and people in the industry are going to look to that as kind of like, you know, the new North Star for for remakes, right? Like, how do we modernize it? How do we kind of recontextualize it? How do we add new content? I think it's a, a great model to chase after, as long as you're doing it with some integrity to the original, right? Mm-hmm. Um, EA Motive not having worked on the original game, but still being in-house of, of EA, like, you know, you're going to have people on board who are, I think their hearts are in the right place with it. But obviously this is a team that wanted to do this. This is, I, I want to think it's a passion project. I don't want to think it's just EA chasing the buck of a, of a ga- franchise that didn't sell well in their eyes. Well, keep, keep in mind yeah. all, all endeavors. Sure. It's, it's all <laughs> or a publisher like, chasing the buck. Yeah. You, you're doing this cause you want to make yeah. money off of it. And again, because of the remake things that Capcom have, have been doing and because horror is a very big thing yeah. now in the gaming space it almost seemed right to chase that that uh, yeah that spark but i i have hopes for it i i don't have like crazy high hopes for it because i think the original is just so good you know mm-hmm. same with dead space 2 and dead space 3 like you know even if this was just kind of like a, a lukewarm remake i would still be like okay well you know we got this modern take sure. we still have the originals cool um i want to see like i we talked about two weeks ago i want to see them add modern mechanics i want to see them kind of meld stuff across all three games into this one which sounds like they're doing yeah exactly and i want to see them maybe give isaac clark a, a thicker ass because he had the flattest ass in, the, in those engineer pants it looked but, like a pretty pretty slim donk yeah, from the uh yeah, reveal trailer too man like because they showed him from his back and i was like well it's not much to see here yeah so the you thing think it- he'll talk they might they might do it. i think they need to make him talk yeah. in this one because that was the thing like dead space one didn't talk Nicole, your your girlfriend talked at you a bunch. Yeah. Same with a lot of the other characters, and it was a lot of Isaac going, "Oh, mm-hmm. you know, being exasperated." But then Dead or Space coming. Two or coming, right? Yeah. Dead Space Two was like, "Here's a lot of dialogue," and I liked his characterization in, in that a lot. I think they could retool that and kind of come up with a new narrative character arc for him. Still keep obviously the fact that he's an engineer and he's going out there, you know, from this distress mm. call and to find his girlfriend and everything, because that's like the important original beats, but. 
I think there's some core stuff you should keep from the original game. Yeah. Dead Space has one of the cleanest HUDs in the entirety of gaming because it is so minimal. Yep. Right? Think about, like, how the health bar is basically, like, built into the suit, right? On the back, on the spine, where it's, like, you have, like, however many, like, spine notches to indicate, like, full health or whatever else. Super clean. And even with ammo, right? Like, when you pull up your fucking gun to use it, it's all right there. It's all, like, kind of, like how should I say, like, holographic in mm-hmm. positions on the weapon. And keep that, because that that cleanness was, like, kind of what gave it its, like, visual flair. And then, in terms of its scares, Necromorphs are fucking scary. They're fucking erratic and crazy. But I think they need to lean less on the scripted horror a bit, because mm-hmm. that game is super fucking scripted. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know exactly when something's going to pop out yeah. of an event. That kind of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that brings me to, like, what I think they should do, which is they need to subvert the original. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, like, a lot of subversion going on here to surprise people that are intimately familiar. I know it's an older game, yeah. and, like, not everybody's playing Dead Space every no. day, but some people will know exactly every component of that game Me. right and we played it like yeah. what last october yes so and it's still pretty fresh so it's like please subvert it subvert it through the story subvert it through whatever you're doing maybe have more like integrate it to a way where it can naturally seed into the sequels mm. in some way which i hope if if this is a success and we get to like dead space 2 which that's a, a lot of writing on that because mm-hmm. i still i still to this day say dead space 2 is the best of them yeah right oh that's i don't think that's a controversial opinion some people fight real hard for the original being the best and i'm just like dead space 2 just fucking is a master class i'm sorry mm-hmm. y'all i'm sorry it had better boss fights it had better it did scenarios. all right it, it and that's kind of what i'm talking about yeah. right it like, had a nemesis i don't enemy. want one for one fights <laughs> yeah. in in dead space one with how they were in one i'm like no that's the shit that you need to improve to mm-hmm. make it kind of like feel yeah uh modern and surprising you yeah know, make that shit work a little bit more keep it third person obviously because yeah. that's how it needs to work uh, just mm. make it a little bit like quicker i think and snappier yeah i forget if the first game had a quick turn i think it did i think it did yeah yeah keep that obviously i would like more contextual kills and stuff because like oh. you did have a stomp yeah which was pretty cool but like i would like kind of like i don't know whether with a weapon or whatever else like i can just like press an r3 and just fucking do a contextual kill on a a necromorph like rip off its limb and stab it or something yeah yeah that'd be neat but i mean the thing about isaac is like he's an engineer so his suite of of defending himself comes through those weapons yeah you know he's not gonna be like kratos no no, you You grounded a bit more there but um what if they don't add kinesis to this one will you be mad yeah yeah (laughs) i wouldn't well i wouldn't be mad i think it's just one of those quality of life things that you need to have it. <laughs> I mean, it is in one, but it isn't like how it is in two. You, yeah, you mainly use it for like puzzle solving and yeah, fitting batteries into fucking you know holes. Yeah, in the wall. you don't use it to like like to kill kill no. right. Okay. Yeah. Whereas like in the second one, this is the huge like kind of game changer, especially in terms of like it being a survival horror game and you running out of ammo. Where if mm-hmm. you're out of ammo, you can rip a limb off of a downed necromorph yeah. and throw it back and like pin a fucking monster against the wall it's it would really be dope. it would be painful if they did this remake and didn't add that yeah because that feels like a feature that needs to be there it's yeah. like you already have the mechanic in yeah. the game so. i think that certain flight mechanics yeah. and then god make the asteroid shooter mini game better oh that shit sucked sucked that shit sucked yeah you know? yeah and also like the the space stuff needs to be a little cleaner i think uh make it feel like you know zero g instead mm-hmm. of it just being like very static like yeah i know i'm navigating a fucking 3d video game yeah. space that has magnets to it well that's why i liked um yeah. dead space 3 a lot because like mm-hmm. the kind of uh zero g flight navigation was a bit more like you were in control of it it yeah. wasn't just like aim your fucking reticle at like maybe a spot you can land on and he'll launch himself and the newest ratchet and clank did the same thing yeah 
<laughs> it was like, yep, we just went with Dead Space 1 solution to this problem. But that game has so many other mechanics and things it's doing on the fly. So, like, I'm not going to hold it against it. I no think it's actually kind of like a nice little nod. It's got no necromorphs, though. True. No necromorphs. Yeah. So, I got to say, that's like, a, that's an 8. It's an 8.5 now. Oh. Yeah. I thought you didn't do review scores. I do review scores um on the side okay (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i'm i'm super stoked for this i think this is gonna be fuck it's tough right because i thought in its day dead space like was really out there as like a known horror franchise and looking back it's like no it sold really soft it wasn't really well known um and it definitely wasn't doing the numbers that ea wanted it to do so they're in like you know down the road they shuttered visceral for reasons x y and z Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had read the story about it in Press Reset, the Jason Schreier book, right? Right. Um, so there's, about, pro- there's a lot down. going on there. Yeah, there's a lot of just weird shit going on there. And I think um, Visceral went through like a weird identity thing for yeah. a while, too, especially when they were started working on Battlefield Hardline, where it didn't seem like the full studio was on board with the idea. But mm-hmm. there's like a creative director that was like, we're going to make fucking Hardline forever. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it was like, well, they won't let you make Dead Space. Like, so, but um, yeah, tough shit right there. Because I feel like part three also had a lot of intervention from EA where they're like, well, here's our notes for how you make this a blockbuster. And it was a lot of just like kind of adopting what was popular at the time instead of really recognizing like what worked for Dead Space mm-hmm. and expanding on that. It's funny, you look at the cover of Dead Space 1 and it's just this floating severed hand in yeah. space, right? And Dead Space 2 had like a kind of cool cover but it was leaning into that modern era of like call of duty shooter a little bit right. and then dead space 3's cover looks like it's a call of duty game yes it does like it could be modern warfare for all i know yeah you it's know? It's, so. it's weird yeah the tone um, is weird and but co-op it, was interesting but uh yeah otherwise like mm-mm, no that one didn't work why are you fighting humans in that game it's a lot of a lot Stupid. of humans but you go to like interesting planets and i think the the third act is really crazy cool where you're mm-hmm. fighting like ancient aliens that look like xenomorphs from like you know ridley scott's alien so really dope um but yeah this is a i think a big proving moment for ea motive i would hate to see them you know suffer the same fate as visceral you know or just get relegated to being back to like being a support studio you know yeah um they do clean work i liked battlefield and squadrons i hear it's all right i hear it's all right yeah i, yeah. I played a little bit it was fine i don't know it didn't it didn't give me that same uh rogue squadron yeah. feel you know i don't think anything will i think that's something different in my memory than what actually is there mm-hmm. and going back would only ruin it you know what i'm saying that's retro gaming man you know they're making a movie about rogue squadron really yeah actually i'm not surprised because like at this point yeah. Disney's doing every sort of IP thought they can with a franchise. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's no no's there anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you uh, have some alt-right uh, fucking Instagram posts. True, <laughs> true. Then it's no. <laughs> Sorry, Gina. <laughs> so. It's weird. Like, I don't really love what they're doing with the Star Wars run of shit, but like Marvel, I'm just like, yeah, keep doing this everything content you're doing because like yeah. they're on a fucking roll right now. I know. Loki was I so know. good. Loki was amazing, yeah. dude. I want more Loki. That was good shit. Yeah. That was good shit. Well, you want to get in some bad shit? Sure. Lay it on me. Um, Yeah, again, I just want to say two things about this. One, I'm completely cognizant of the fact that we are two white dudes podcasting about uh sexual harassment that is mainly and predominantly targeted towards women mm-hmm. uh, enacted by cis white men correct yeah. <laughs> so. right so I, i'm completely cognizant of like dudes talking on dudes here so yeah 
Uh, I think that's always like a tough part, especially since I had asked um, to have some different perspectives on this show, but that just didn't come together in time, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't like this is how our, our thinking goes, which is I didn't want to like do a business as usual thing where it's like, oh, huh, Dead Space. Cool. EA Play had um, something, I guess, portals come in the battlefield. Doesn't yeah, make any por- sense to me. Battlefield portal. I didn't want to yeah. do an episode where we just completely don't talk about these issues because sure. we love gaming we talk about gaming but i feel like if you don't talk about the human issues and the people stories around gaming then all you're doing is marketing for these companies sure it, it feels a little like dishonest to mm-hmm. not cover like every aspect right and i think when we set off to do this show like five years ago, right? It wasn't oh. just like, let's talk about how much we love, you know, that crazy monster from Castlevania, right? Like, right. We, <laughs> we wanted to have nuanced discussions. We wanted to do reviews. We wanted to get into the harder stuff. I remember like one of our first episodes, we talked about like uh, Cecilia De Anastasio article about like um, the smash scene, right? And like harassment at that time. And that was five years ago. And like, that was kind of us just being like, we want to talk about anything and everything because that's what the industry is, right? It's not just mm. like, you know, fun games and blockbuster after blockbuster. It's about, you know, the the people stories and things that happen in between. So to not cover it would be dishonest. But again, like you said, take our opinions, I think, with a grain of salt. Uh, go seek out the voices of women in the industry who whose voices matter way more, mm. you know? in in this kind of climate um we're just here to kind of put it out there right yeah and for for what it is i also think it's somewhat important to have like you know this is us as men talking to other men the women that listen to our show know about this they've suffered harassment Mm -hmm. they they know i've talked to people that listen to our show about this especially in relation to the gaming industry Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but i think it's important to just have us say this matters to us Mm -hmm. this matters to us because we don't we don't like it, obviously. We don't want to skirt on by and hopefully having these conversations like out in the air more often as well yeah. uh, helps to normalize the idea that this should not be normal. Mm-hmm. This is not normal behavior. This is not the expectation. And it shouldn't always be, it's always going to be this way. No. Well, it's also the thing too where it's like, even though we're a video game podcast, this stuff happens outside of the industry too. And it yeah. happens to people we know, right? And care about. So right. yeah, that. In your everyday job. Yeah. Right. Doesn't have to be just like this is not a problem isolated to gaming. Yeah. So there's a reason every four months companies that I work for, like you work for, yeah. we have to do like anti harassment like training just to kind of be in the loop mm-hmm. because it's clearly happening with the regularity. Right. So I think the um well, just the title of this, number two, Activision Blizzard sued over a toxic discriminatory workplace by the state of California. Uh, this one in totality, this this writing here is coming from bah, 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 Bloomberg Law, and this is more of a high level, like, here's here's what's up, right? But there's another article that I want to get into and talk to. I don't know if I we want to read the whole thing, but here we go. Uh, this one is video game giant Activision Blizzard Incorporated, maker of games including World of Warcraft and Diablo, fosters a frat boy culture in which female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment unequal pay, and retaliation, according to a lawsuit filed by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. A two-year investigation. Two years, dude. A two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms and conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. 
Company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, the agency said. According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Superior Court, female employees make up around 20% of the Activision workforce and are subjected to a, quote, pervasive frat boy workplace culture, end quote, including, quote, cube crawls, in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior toward female employees, end quote. What? Have you, what? <laughs> I yeah, I think that's completely obscene Fucking and unheard bizarre. of for a work environment. I'm yeah, I we're gonna hear a lot of that throughout this. Th- yeah, that's another thing there where I'm just like, this is bewildered. Like coming from a corporate culture, I was like, that doesn't that doesn't fly at all. What mm-hmm. the? This is what was happening. So, the agency alleges male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to female employees. They also engage in sexual banter and joke openly about rape, among other things. Female employees allege being held back from promotions because of the possibility they might become pregnant, being criticized for leaving to pick their children up from daycare, and being kicked out of lactation rooms so male colleagues could use the room for meetings, the complaint says. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior, the agency alleges. The suit also points to a female Activision employee who took her own life while on a company trip with her male supervisor. The employee has been subjected to intense sexual harassment prior to her death, including having nude photos passed around at a company holiday party, the complaint says. Wow. One fucking vomit. The agency says in an injection... Sorry, but... Wait, I'm not, I need to stop reading that. What? Yeah. Like, this is, like, bizarre and cruel, and un- I want to say unusual, but it's like that, according to everyone, this is not unusual. Not for this company, and not for others. It sounds like the sort of stuff you would see in a very dramatized, like, I don't know, Netflix show or movie about, yeah. like, teen bullying, right? Like, it not, doesn't seem real. It doesn't, but... It is is. very real. The fact that this happened to somebody, the fact that they were harassed so intensely for whatever reason that they committed suicide, that's atrocious. Yeah. Couldn't. That's disgusting. The agency seeks an injunction forcing compliance with workplace protections, as well as unpaid wages, pay adjustments, back pay, and lost wages and benefits for female employees. Quote, We value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone. There is no place in our company or industry, or any industry, for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind, end quote. A spokesperson for Activision Blizzard said in a statement. Uh, They continued, quote, We take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims. In cases related to misconduct, action was taken to address the issue, end quote. And then, oh God. Here's another quote. The DFEH includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation. But they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. End quote. The statement continued. The picture the DFEH paints is not the Blizzard workplace of today, the company said. Now, <laughs> yeah, there's some other bits on here, but I think that's just, these are more the... And then just to kind like of tags. put it out there, DFEH stands for Department of Fair Employment and Housing. 
And that's the full, I guess, name of the case, the the civil court case. Yeah, that was in, yeah. the start of it. Yeah, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is uh, horrible, is the only real word for it. Like, horrible. Mm-hmm. And to have that statement at the end is especially bad taste, right? Because, like, it's obviously one of those, hey, we need to cover our ass kind of thing and mm-hmm. be like, no, 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 that's not happening, right? But... What the fuck? After a two-year investigation, you're going to say that? That's, it's like indirectly, but very directly diminishing against the people that have suffered at this company. To be like, no, 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 that was just the past. What? Mm-hmm. What? We dealt with it. Did you? Did you deal with it? How do we know that you dealt with it? You're just saying things, aren't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, it feels like a very like retaliatory, like, nah, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's just like, nah, dude, no. Nah. I'm not surprised that that's the sort of answer they put out there for a company that perpetuated frat boy culture. Well, that that's the other thing there um, that I wanted to bring up. A lot of people were saying online too, especially female voices saying, please don't call it things like boys will be boys or frat boy culture mm-hmm. because paint it what it is. This is sexual harassment yeah, and, and violence. Yeah, of course. And when we say like frat boy, you almost have this thought in your head where you're going like, oh, you know, it's just somebody that didn't grow out of bad behavior. No, these are very deliberate actions well, being taken by men. Even when you say frat boy culture, that's mm. still including abuse and stuff because you look at like how frat boy culture is studied mm-hmm. um in sociology and psychology and in colleges right they talk about the abuse that is hazing they talk about you know activities like this and the negative impacts it has on people so even saying frat boy culture it's not just saying oh boys will be boys it's really just talking about the cycle of these institutions that perpetuate mm-hmm. abuse in certain certain types of behavior towards types of people i.e women Right. So I, I, yeah, that's not me saying boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very scapegoat response anyway. Like, no. Well, that's my thing. We shouldn't be calling Mm -mm. sexual misconduct frat boy stuff. Like, because there's that connotation of also, mm-hmm. like, somebody's not going to give me that response that you just gave me. No, like, no, not at all. Like, oh, this is about institutional, like, abuse. Like, no, 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 no. They'll be like, it's just boys being boys. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what it is. Fair. That I'll, needs to be, like, destroyed. I, I will give you that. And I think, yes, this is a very hmm. bad response. This is a very manufactured, short response. But it's also, like, one of those things where this is an ongoing investigation, yeah. too. And they are probably just saying as little as they can at this point. Oh, they're 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 <laughs> reacting like a business would, yeah. a unfeeling business, which is particularly funny for Blizzard, mm-hmm. right? Maybe not to speak to Activision Blizzard as itself, but Blizzard is always trying to be your friend, yeah, right? Be the be the we're just one of you kind of studios, mm-hmm. and then it's like when their back is against the wall, we're a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just it's so funny to me, well, right? It's the kind of fucked up thing too, where I feel like if their back wasn't up against the wall here and it yeah. didn't affect their bottom dollar as a business, they wouldn't say anything about it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't being dragged by the court system. You know, right? They would probably just keep on keeping on, right? Yeah, it seems like Blizzard has a uh, quite a quite a history of bad responses mm-hmm. to stuff. Remember yeah. the Blitz Chung, mm-hmm. uh, Free Hong Kong kind of things that occurred around that right mm-hmm. jesus fucking jay allen brack all teary-eyed <laughs> sorry sorry that we uh, disappointed you we're still doing what we're doing though <laughs> and these are like insane extremes too but yeah. there's a commonality where it is marginalized people you know uh, not being treated fairly for one reason or another uh mainly to protect the business interests and it it also goes against their their mantra of every voice matters right 
doesn't seem like it in a lot of these cases. Now, there's, um, I wanted to call out this article in particular from The Verge because I think mm-hmm. it paints also a, like a more specific kind of picture for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is written by Kim Lyons on The Verge. It is Blizzard exec calls sexual harassment allegations extremely troubling. Um, okay. <laughs> and this, this involves Brack himself. Now, the president of Blizzard Entertainment sent an email to staff calling allegations of sexual harassment at the company extremely troubling. First reported by Jason Schreier Bloomberg, J. Allen Brack wrote that the fight for equality is incredibly important to me, and that he has spent his career fighting against, quote, bro culture, end quote. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed suit against Blizzard and owner Activision Blizzard on Tuesday, alleging a culture of, quote, constant sexual harassment, end quote, existed at the company. The complaint describes a frat boy culture that included male employees drinking and sexually harassing female employees without repercussions. Brack is named in the complaint as being one of the people at the company who was allegedly aware and enabling this behavior. Uh, and then the article actually shows a tweet from Schreier uh, of the internal email. I'm actually not that interested in reading uh, Brack's uh, opinion right now, mm-hmm. but uh, there's some pull quotes on this anyway. So according to the DFEH complaint, quote, male employees would play video games during work, engage in banter about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and make numerous jokes about rape. Yeah. Uh, Women were subjected to numerous sexual advances and comments, the lawsuit states, including groping and other forms of harassment. This is actually straight from the lawsuit Mm -hmm. uh, quote here, but this is from the documentation. A female employee noted that random male employees would approach her on defendant's work site and comment on her breast. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior. This behavior was known to supervisors and indeed encouraged by them, including a male supervisor openly encouraging a male subordinate to buy a prostitute to cure his bad mood. Uh, this is now this guy's name comes up quite often in this suit, by the way. Mm-hmm. Alex Afros, uh, how would you go about that? Afrasabi? Yeah. Afrasabi? Yeah. yeah. Alex Afrasabi, the former senior creative director of World of Warcraft at Blizzard Entertainment, was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions. During a company event, uh, an annual convention called BlizzCon, uh, Frasabi would hit on female employees, telling him he wanted to marry them, attempting to kiss them, and putting his arms around them. This was in plain view of other male employees, including supervisors, who had to intervene and pull him off female employees jesus lord uh and then activision blizzard executive fran townsend sent an email to staff the same day as brack according to schreier but with a different tone saying the lawsuit presented an untrue picture of the company adding that it was meritless her comments echoed an official statement released by the company that called the DFEH lawsuit irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California and said the suit included distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. What? Talk about like a left field like that's not what we're talking about sort of thing. Right? Where she's like, oh, uh, see, this is another example of these fucking uh, weak bureaucrats running good businesses out of... Ca- what? Out of the allegations that are occurring here? That is your response? That... It's weird. It's such a, like a fucking 
obvious misdirect. You it's know? a weird quote to come from a woman, too. Right, right. That's uh, the yeah. other factor here, too. <laughs> Which I, I believe a few other quotes she was saying that, like, that, that this doesn't speak to the blizzard that I know. And it's like, it sounds like it's the blizzard that a lot of people know. Yeah, and it could have been, like, a lot of these execs are painting that is the blizzard of the past right but that mm-hmm. was still blizzard it was still very much a part of their identity right whatever happened 10 years ago five years ago two years ago this is what your company was perpetuating and built on and mm-hmm. it had very lasting effects on the women that work there so it doesn't matter if it happened 10 years ago it's still a very much a real thing that happened mm-hmm. so and then just the deflection of like you're trying to flush out the best businesses in california clearly you're not a great business if this is what's <laughs> happening like business right. isn't just making money and being profitable business is having good ethics taking care of your employees being an example you know for the the greater industry you know mm-hmm. and activision blizzard isn't doing that right or they weren't doing that which is kind of again goes against a lot of this public image that blizzard and activision blizzard would prefer to have about themselves mm-hmm. i mean you're talking about the uh what do you call it? The mantra that they have on a statue outside their campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, every voice matters. Yep. Except for the ones that can get a suit. <laughs> Except for female voices. There seems to be a lot of asterisks on this mantra, mm. is, is what I'm saying. And it's disheartening, but it's like not surprising. I think that's another thing that we need to know is that a lot of people would listen to a story like this. A lot of men, I should say. And say, wow, that sounds insane where I work isn't like that. Where you work is like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you also like, th- th- this should be a-, a call to action to be like, well, I also need to look at myself and my actions. Do I contribute to that? And if not perpetuate, do I enable by not saying anything about instances of sexual abuse or comments or jokes or even the culture around you? Because so there's this concept about equality versus equity Mm -hmm. and equality is a level playing field for everyone but equity is you being able to recognize that not everyone has the same privilege or the same access to certain things but equity would allow them to reach the same result as you that you may naturally have due to your privilege right Mm -hmm. and i think that's a more important thing to keep in mind because i think a lot of people defend and go like i'm not like that or oh she had every every available opportunity the same i did and that's that's not that's patently untrue and to kind of put up a blinder on that is also to continue this myth uh that you think you're skewing equality when that's not happening obviously Mm -hmm. right like look at the the uh unequal pay Mm -hmm. is a good example of that or the fact that little things right i think about how we tend to listen to the loudest person in the room and more often than not the loudest person in the room is a man Mm -hmm. and i think If you want to, in little ways, where you know you're a good guy, listener, little guy listener out there, you know you're a good guy. You know you wouldn't do shit like this. But think about the things that you could do, Mm -hmm. such as, hey, wait, 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 what was she saying? Yeah. (laughs) You know, just like uplift those voices or or understand and be like, hey, what's, how can I help Mm -hmm. is a great question to ask somebody that's obviously either going through something or not being heard the way that they should. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about your female coworkers or your friends or anyone in your life. Right. Um, and I, I think we need to think more about this because obviously this culture has cemented itself. This quote unquote bro culture has cemented itself, not just across gaming, but most, 
office places, workplaces, everywhere, mm. your day-to-day life, dinner with your family. It's all here. Mm. It's all there. It's very misogynistic. It's not, a, it's not level, right? There's no equity. And we need to push back against it or else, mm-hmm. and definitely not be shocked when we hear these things. <laughs> Understand it's happening everywhere. Yeah, on a, on a basic level, like the equity of it all, right? I was taking a sociology class back in like 2008 and they talk about like, you know, women in the workplace versus men in the workplace, right? They talk about how men could really just accomplish anything, do anything because that's how it's always been, right? And women have always had this kind of upward climb for things. But even with that, you know, they'll never make as much as their male counterparts. They have what's considered a glass ceiling. So like they will never rise as high as their male counterparts because a lot of these institutions serve... (sighs) in an inadvertent way, in some ways very intentionally, to keep men at the top, right? That's not great. And I know uh, living in a patriarchal society, right, a lot of this stuff serves to benefit men. But at this point, like, you know, women are our counterparts. Um, In a lot of senses, they make the world a better place, better than I've seen men make the uh, world a better place in the past few years. So, yeah, it's it's definitely everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't. I couldn't imagine this happening everywhere. And the fact that it's happening at all is disgusting. The, the fact that somebody could show up for a work day and have to wonder if their coworker is going to talk about their body, right? Right. Or, or make rape jokes around them. It's just like, that's not something they should need to worry about ever, right? Um, especially when they're coming to work to do a job, right? Uh, to work on a video game that they care about, right? To be in an industry that they have fought so hard to be in and the continuous problem here outside of you know just the 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 flatline across the industries of it's harder for women is that gaming is not a very welcoming space for women or biracial people of color right marginalized groups it's not a safe place it's not a welcoming place and we've seen it in Twitter comment sections when a woman tweets her opinion, right? We saw it last week when we were talking about Natalie Flores, right? And um, her opinions on playing games easy, right? Um, We saw it. I saw it recently with a girlfriend reviews thing where they had put up something about The Last of Us and people are coming at Shelby, right? For being just a a mouthpiece or, you know, not even really being as hardworking as her male counterpart, right? Her partner. And it's just like, you see these little pockets of it where it's like there are men continually on the offensive harassing women not letting them just exist in the space because they want to push them out of it and it's not fair and it's not right and this what's happening here is on a whole nother deplorable level you know but is also born of it right yeah of course born it started of that, somewhere that kind of like this male identity that needs to be in control and the only voice that has a platform for some reason and everything else is an accessory. Mm-hmm. And when I say everything else, I mean everyone else. People mm-hmm. are an accessory if they don't fit this this narrative mm-hmm. that is consistently white and always male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's it's rough. And, and like it and this is what happens. It's like you ever wonder about like what happens when these people do get these magical dream jobs. Mm-hmm. They create a fucking toxic culture <laughs> and perpetuate it. Um, and of course, uh, amongst this uh, conversation, uh, you've seen it too. The 2010 BlizzCon footage mm-hmm. of a uh, female fan asking like, hey, 
out of your design asking executives by the way on a, on a panel, panel including <laughs> jab himself by mm-hmm. the way and i think mike morhaime was on there too well we have a little quote from morhaime in a second sure but let's he can wait mm-hmm. so she had asked essentially and i'm paraphrasing that why can't you have designs for characters that don't look like they've just walked out of victoria's secret catalog mm-hmm. and they're very condescending response was what catalog do you want them to walk out of and it was this moment where part of the audience was like on board like oh yay with what she asked and then more of the audience was boo yeah straight up booed this person and then had this senior leadership at this company the men the men responsible for defining the identity of this company were just laughing it off dismissively Mm -hmm. right and then, of course, you know, one of them was kind of like, oh, you know, we get you. We hear you. These things are, you know, important and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Just, that was but we'll, we'll find another catalog to pull inspiration from. Right. You know. And it was like, <laughs> yo, it's, it's been there all along, right? So when I hear, like, mm-hmm. you know, Fran saying, that's not the Blizzard I know. It's like, well, that's a part of your Blizzard, man. That's That, mm-hmm. the, that identity didn't walk out the door. It seemed to have always kind of existed there and continued yeah. to solidify over time. The video was hard to watch because um, mm-hmm. it's very much like you can see this woman just become demoralized in the matter of seconds, right? Uh, you have the, the women at the start kind of like cheering her on. And then it's the boos are all male boos, by the way. So right. it's like and then to be just kind of jeered at by... Um, who she maybe considered um, people she looked up to or idols, right? Because like obviously she liked World of Warcraft. But do you, do you do you remember her reaction though? She started nervously laughing. Yeah, and that's something that apparently confuses men and did not confuse. I, I saw all the comments. Right, mm-hmm. every woman that was replying going like, "I know that face. I've made that face." Because if you are to do anything but just laugh it off as if, "Oh, good joke, dude." Mm-hmm. Uh, aggression is soon to follow. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is the immediate response. That's probably a lot of responses that the mm-hmm. these women who are coming forward in these allegations have probably had in response to things where it's like, oh yeah, somebody told me a rape joke and I can only but laugh it off and walk out of the room. Couldn't defend myself. Right. Couldn't even bring it to HR because, well, we've seen what happens in those cases where people bring things to HR. You know, they get dismissed or they get let go or they get put on another team because at it's it's sad to say, but a lot of times HR really just exists to protect the company, not the people within Typically. it. So, yeah, I I feel like a lot of what happened publicly there was happening privately for the tens of these years mm. that were going on. And it's it's rough, too, because, like, World of Warcraft was their tentpole title, their moneymaker, yeah. for such a long time in, like, the early 2000s to, like, mid-2000s there. And... That, still is to an extent. Yeah, it still is. But like, I mean, you have other things that are kind of coming up now, like even like when Diablo three kicked back in and then Overwatch, obviously. Mm-hmm. But just the, the notion that that was like one of the biggest games in a multiplayer space played by millions of people. And these are what some of the most influential people in that that market space are saying and doing. Not good. Nope. Not good. Seems like um, this culture very typically starts from the top. Mm hmm. Right? Like, it's not just like, ah, oh, you know, there's some programmers that are going rogue here. Like, mm-hmm. no. Start from the top. This mm-hmm. was enabled. This is what was, this is what is being said. This was enabled and known about. And known about doing nothing is awful. Know, know about and enabling it is evil. Mm-hmm. Very simply. So now, talking about evil, Mike Morhaime <laughs> was the uh, co-founder and big boss at Blizzard for 28 years. 
28. He left in 2018, mm-hmm. however, to pursue his own shit. Um, a lot of people just kind of assumed at the time it was like, well, with the Activision merger, you know, maybe he didn't feel like uh, it was the same old Blizzard. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Or maybe people uh, told him to stop slapping people's ass. I, I don't know. Who knows why he left, right? Makes me wonder now, like, looking at Jeff Kaplan having left, like, was this part of why? Like, maybe he just didn't agree with the underlying culture or what was going on. Or did he perpetuate it? Who knows? Yeah. So, like, we have to ask these questions, right? We do. But um, (laughs) here's a quote that Mike had uh, in response to the lawsuit. Uh, Kind of a large quote. Maybe we'll skim through some of it because blah, 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 right? He says, quote, I have read the full complaint against Activision Blizzard and many of the other stories. It is all very disturbing and difficult to read. I am ashamed. It feels like everything I thought I stood for has been washed away. What's worse, but even more important, real people have been harmed, and some women had terrible experiences. That's an understatement, Mike. I was at Blizzard for 28 years. During that time, I tried very hard to create an environment that was safe and welcoming for people of all genders and backgrounds. Failed. I knew that it was not perfect, but clearly we were far from that goal. The fact that so many women were mistreated and were not supported means we let them down. In addition, we did not succeed in making it feel safe for people to tell their truth. It is no consolation that other companies have faced similar challenges. I wanted us to be different better. Harassment and discrimination exist. They are prevalent in our industry. It is a responsibility of leadership to keep all employees feeling safe, supported, and treated equitably, regardless of gender and background. It is the responsibility of leadership to stamp out toxicity and harassment in any form across all levels of the company. To the Blizzard women who experience any of these things, I am extremely sorry that I failed you. I realize that these are just words, but I want it, yep, There wasn't actions, was there? But I wanted to acknowledge the women who had awful experiences. I hear you, I believe you, and I am so sorry to have let you down. I want to hear your stories, if you are willing to share them. As a leader in our industry, I can and will use my influence to help drive positive change and to combat misogyny, discrimination, and harassment wherever I can. I believe we can do better. And I believe the gaming industry can be a place where women and minorities are welcomed, included, supported, recognized, rewarded, and ultimately unimpeded from the opportunity to make the types of contributions that all of us join this industry to make. I want the mark I leave on this industry to be something that we can all be proud of. Now, first reaction at a glance is I agree with everything he is saying. Mm Mm-hmm including the fact that he failed Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the fact that there needs to be a more equitable industry out Mm -hmm. here where people feel supported, rewarded, and not preyed upon and not thrown to the side, not stifled in Mm -hmm. any way, right? But um, it's just words, I think, is what we keep on coming back to. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what I'm I'm sensing from the frustration. These are just words. It's nice to have a company say these things or have people uh, take the training. Side note on that. A very similar story on Kotaku about the climate at Ubisoft Singapore uh, came out this week as well. And there's a lot of similar anecdotes of of there being people in upper leadership that are toxic, abusive, and way too... Well, let's just say it. They're sexual harassers. Mm-hmm. Let's just call it out. Not way too or anything. You're sexually harassing people is what's going on there. Same stories. And one of the things that stuck out to me was... 
they were like, yeah, this just saying it's there and saying we want to do better is not enough because the same people that were causing problems for me, that were harassing me, they walk out of those anti-discrimination trainings laughing, Mm -hmm. laughing, going like, if I hug you, that's sexual harassment. Yes. (laughs) If I don't want it. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... It makes me think about like how there needs to be stricter action against these type of things. And I feel like maybe this stop me if this doesn't quite make sense. I feel like the more you escalate in your role and promote, mm-hmm. those consequences should be stricter. Sure. Because you have more power to assert over that company. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a piece of shit, you need to be made a very public example of. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the problems with these people in power therein is their abuse of power, right? If they are in a position of influence, they should be using it in a way to help elevate those around them, right? Elevate the brand, help people, you know, in their roles, make the company gel, make the company hit its core principles and, you Mm -hmm. know, mission statements, right? But if you're using your power to harass and abuse and do whatever that is malaligned with the company values, you shouldn't be in power. Right. That's just kind of it. Like, but a lot of people, and we've seen it happen in like the Ubisoft cases, right? Where people are silently resigning, right? Or still in the company, but not like being demoted or anything. And it's like, they're still where they were. Yeah, right. the, in the Singapore instance, there was one guy who was apparently just a fucking terror. Mm-hmm. He's the type of guy who would uh, like openly yell during meetings or like throw markers and shit and just intimidate people. And that was his favorite thing to do. And one of his favorite things, apparently, was to have infighting. He loved it when his subordinates would fight each other. Loved that shit. Yeah, so obviously this man's unhealthy and a sociopath, mm-hmm. right? And shouldn't be in his position. And yet he was continually protected by Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Protected. They just moved him to a different role. Yeah. What the fuck? You should move them to outside of your company forever. Uh, like, what the fuck, dude? Here's the thing. Uh, demerit and strike systems exist for things like tardiness and being bad at your job. Right. Shouldn't exist for abuse. Right. Should be mm, kind of out at this point. Right. right. Like, it, it, internal investigations need to occur and it's like, okay, is there this thing that's occurring? I, I agree with that. Sure. But it, it seems very retaliatory. Most often it seems retaliatory to the people that are actually calling it out. Mm. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's not, it's not looked at hard enough because I think you're, you're right. What you said before, which is HR is not really there to like administer justice for employees. They're there to make sure that the company can't get sued. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what HR is there for dog. (laughs) Like they're there to make sure that a problem does not occur that can hurt the company. I wish I was saying it cynically, but it's true. It's true. (laughs) Right. There's no... There's no fucking internal justice systems at these corporations, you know, uh, and and that's that's rough because it what it ends up making it feel like is that it's just like unsafe. It's mm-hmm. unsafe to be in these industries, especially gaming, because like nobody apparently wants to have any kind of like regulation over this sort of thing, right? And they're like, ah, oh, get this red tape out of here. They want to do stupid shit like have forced arbitration. <laughs> yeah, I remember Riot Games got into a big yeah. trouble with that shit. Yeah, I think Activision Blizzard also asked for the same thing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. <laughs> right? So it's like when we have in these institutions these protections for abusers, mm-hmm. how could anybody feel safe in them or yeah, want to be in them? It's a wonder that a lot of women or marginalized people even want to be a part of these companies. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to 
start my own company or or start my own studio, I should say rather, or just leave the industry as a whole. Um, but I think that's that's also part of the problem too. Just like up and leaving is kind of like just admitting defeat. But like I get it, people are tired, people are worn yeah. down, people are demoralized, um, and. Even even if it's like people who haven't been subjected to it themselves, hearing the stories over and over again, or seeing it happen to their friends and loved ones, or having it trigger things that happen to them, right? It becomes an exhaustive cycle, and it's like, fuck, I I would want to do anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Another interesting thing about this, though, if you could find anything interesting about horror like this, is somebody had mentioned that these stories are more prevalent right now because of the pandemic. They've always happened, of Mm -hmm. course, and we've seen stories in the past, but it seems like we're getting a lot of, like, you know, magnifying glasses on these industries because of work from home. Mm -hmm. Women finally have a space where they're safe. (laughs) They're safe from the coworkers and the uh, protections that these monsters get, right? Because then they can be like, you know what? I'm going to call this shit out because of work from home. I'm, I'm finally in an environment where I'm not constantly either berated or abused or mm-hmm. anything i think a lot of it too is like carrying on kind of the um torch bearing of like the the me too movement right where people mm-hmm. are hearing other people's stories and other people's braveries and feeling like they can finally speak up about it too right. but i think yeah the pressure cooker of working from home and other stresses and maybe just being like wow i have the clarity and peace of mind to be like well i'm not in that toxic work environment i still have to see these people in virtual meetings but yeah, wow, that was fucked up what I had to go through every day when I came into the office. Yeah, and God forbid so. if I have to go back to it. Yeah. Right? That's how you're going to see a lot of attrition. In fact, uh, corporations have seen a shit ton of attrition the moment that they've been like, hey, come back to the office. Mm-hmm. People are like, fuck no. <laughs> Find a job that lets me work remote. Yeah. Right? This is kind of like a, a side quote, just kind of um, of somebody speaking on it, right? But uh, Janet Garcia of uh, Kind of Funny um, and... She does her own streaming over at uh, Game On Assist, right? She does MinMax as well. She does MinMax. And she's just launched, I think, a new site. Uh, I don't know the name of it, um, but, you know, go check out her work. She's awesome. I actually love that she's kind of a, kind of creeping on being a full-timer now, kind of funny, because I love her voice. I love her opinions. And yeah. She, it, she's just awesome every time she comes on. She has just good, thoughtful opinions and passion for the industry but um she said this a few days ago um it's a cruel joke that women in the games industry are the most likely to be accused of not being passionate enough when they literally love an industry that does not love them back i'm media not a deb but there are many days where i wish i could love something else and that's a big part of it too where like women have to show up to these jobs and be subjected to uncalled for behavior not even just for a workspace like just at all like you know people shouldn't have to worry about this like when they wake up every day but it's just we can't control other people right and these sort of men that are going to perpetuate these behaviors are going to perpetuate these behaviors but it it very much does seem like gaming industry does not love women right and it at any opportunity is trying to push them out or make them work harder to be a part of it than they need to right prove themselves in ways that their male uh, cohorts do not have to which is unfair. Mm-hmm. That's completely unfair. And sure, I think it's a salient point, right? But um, I think also I had a pool here as well, uh, kind of on the same thread where if it's confusing, maybe there's a couple of men out there listening going, like, well, how do I help? What do I do, Kevin and Daniel? And it's like, well, first of all, listen to women instead of two dude bros on mm-hmm. a podcast. But here's a uh, thread from a user by the name of L. Bell. 
Oh, hang on. L. Bell Evie. She says, ways men can be better allies to women. It's a thread. Mm-hmm. So this is list for you. But number one is educate yourself. Mm-hmm. One. Two is understand allyship should be based on responsibility and awareness, not guilt. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I felt guilty that, you know, we don't even need an example. No. Number three. Ask us what we need if you are unsure. Unsure. That's a good thing. Asking questions is always good. It seems to be the last thing people seem to want to do. Mm-hmm. Number four, listen to us. No, really listen. Number five, consider your language. Avoid using terms like girls, bossy, or shrill. Number six, amplify our voices. Number seven, understand and acknowledge your privilege. Number eight, understand and acknowledge your unconscious bias. Number nine, understand the difference between equity and equality. Number 10, challenge gender discrimination. Number 11, challenge microaggressions. Number 12, stop using terms like boys will be boys, fraternity behavior. Call it what it is, sexual harassment slash violence. Number 13, if you know us, offer us a lift, taxi, or walking with us somewhere at night. Okay. Number 14, when we're on our own and you don't know us, leave us alone. Yep. Number 15, talk to your male and female mutuals about gender inequality. Number 16, use your democratic right to vote for policies that support women's rights. Number 17, if you see sexual harassment, disrespect, sexism, or discrimination, report it. Yep. Number 18, if you witness any of the above, ask us if we are okay slash need any support. Number 19, Campaign for better access to sexual violence counseling. A 12-month waiting list is just not good enough. Number 20, use gender-inclusive language in job adverts. Yep. Number 21, consider advertising vacancies as flexible working hours or splitting over two time, uh, two part-time roles rather than one full-time position. Uh, that's very specific. Mm. Actually, you don't even like it. Okay. <laughs> Number 22, consider mentoring. Yep. Number 23, be aware of gender bias with rating performance. That's a big one, too. Very big one, actually. Uh, I don't think people understand that that's what they're doing, but that is what we went back to, to unconscious bias, Mm -hmm. right? Number 24, be aware of full-time employee bias when rating performance, which can be indirectly discriminatory to women. Uh, Number 25 is consider whether you are mansplaining. That's something that I don't think any man considers uh, enough, (laughs) but they should. Number 26, but no, and I do really mean you should. Like, you need to think. Am I explaining at somebody? Mm -hmm. Why didn't I start with a question? That's the thing that I think you should go like, hey, how much do you know about this subject? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it more invites a conversation rather than talks down to the person. Right. You're talking down to somebody if you're just going like, about everything that you know about a thing. Mm -hmm. It's impressive that you know all these things, but you should honestly not assume they don't. (laughs) We clearly don't know how to talk to people. Correct. So number 26 is think of at least one commitment you can make to yourself to be a better ally and review your progress. And the number 27 is share this knowledge with other males. There we go. There you go. Um, 27 simple things <laughs> to live by. Yeah. And it's little things, right? Like cha- like challenging the microaggressions and just challenging when you see things, mm-hmm. I think is very important, right? Um, and I think that that's hard for people because like when they, well... I think a lot of people are conflict adverse, right? I know I am. Yeah, I don't want to get into it, right? Sometimes I just like, it's just like watching a car crash, right? But you have to embolden yourself to be like, well, there's going to be another car crash if I don't say something right now. Mm-hmm. That 
usually is right. It's a domino effect, right? If somebody says something shitty, if, so, if somebody literally, like, if you hop onto a Zoom call and a male employee says, like, hey, doll, to one of your female coworkers, you can stop it. You can be mm. like, don't call her doll. Yeah. That's inappropriate for a workplace. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, this isn't the nineteen like the early nineteen hundreds, and it probably wasn't even appropriate then. No, right? So. Like like little little things like that too, right? Yeah. And challenging people's like little mentalities, right? I'm sure, and even it's going to be tough, right? Because here's the other side of that: people get defensive mm-hmm. very quickly, especially when they don't think they're being the thing that they are. That's the toughest part to deal with, right? We see it with things like. Uh, casual racism, for instance, mm-hmm. right? I know I personally have a tough time with my fucking family when mm-hmm. it comes to that. There are little jokes where I go, that's not funny. Mm-hmm. And they just think like, oh, well, you're just being a drag, right? Mm-hmm. That's uncomfortable. That's an uncomfortable conversation. But mm-hmm. it's also important to still put up that blocker and be like, well, it bothers me. <laughs> you know, uh, I've had that happen a bunch. I don't know. I don't I, know if you have any examples or, or things that you think can help or you've experienced yourself i mean i think so here's the thing right like Mm -hmm. we all grow up in certain microcosm certain environments right that shape us into who we are and that is what it is right um i think growing up uh, in a primarily minority community right going to um a a high school right where the the majority of the population was like african-americans latinx people right and granted there were white people and asians and whatnot but like i think over time had my own unconscious biases right because like i'd see things happen where like you know certain groups of people get jumped or i would get like bullied or ganged up on right and that kind of forms a certain opinion in you and unconscious bias like towards certain groups of people right but I think at a point you gotta you have to recognize that that's what it is and mm-hmm. and grow past it um and and kind of learn how to better externalize it right like I think like growing up I was definitely like um I was a shithead in a lot of ways for sure mm-hmm. um and I was definitely privy to like a microaggression here or there or even like the the cop out um answer of like well I have bu- I have a black friend right so I can right. I can say or do this sort of thing but then over time you realize that like that's not an okay thing to do at all right mm-hmm. and then you have to slowly root out these behaviors right and set a better example not only for yourself but pe- for people around you right um so kind of pull it out a little bit right I've, I've definitely had, like, sensitivity training, like, working for the companies I've been at for stuff that's happened on a, a bigger level that, you know, put the company in a bad spotlight. And a lot of that, like, the training, right, it's more to elevate the, the marginalized voices, but, like, throughout it, like, I learned a lot about myself and how I saw things and how wrong I was for seeing things a certain way. Mm-hmm. To, to loop it back into gaming, um, and this is something that happened pretty recently, right, like, I, I would play games growing up with with groups of 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 kids on not unlike these people that you know were hearing these stories of abuse about um where they would speak very violently about women right and and use the the r word right like say like oh I'm, i'm gonna rape you like very like flippantly and in a fun way and I had somebody come into my chat like a, a few months ago say like, oh yeah, like oh, I was playing this game with a friend and we, we totally we totally raped them. And I'm like, hey, can you not say that? Like, I don't know like what sort of group of people you hang out with, um, but that's not like language I'm going to tolerate because that's not, that's not cool. Like, please don't say that, right? Because that perpetuates a certain, I guess, uh, mindset and behavior that just is 
if it's if you're saying it here, you're probably mm-hmm. saying it and doing it in worse ways elsewhere. And if I could at least tell you no, I'm the one person that maybe told you no and helped correct that behavior. Whereas a lot of other people in their friend groups probably just let it slide. Right. right? And that's a lot of what's happening in these cases where it's like, oh, haha, good joke, man. Cool. Move on to the next thing. Keep it going. Right. But I think in these instances where we can say no or stand up for people, that's where we need to be doing it. Right. Checking our privilege reading off these 27 principles of how to be a better ally, right? And just learning how to do better for those around mm-hmm. us. It's pretty plain and simple. Self-examination is very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and But, like, I, I imagine there's a large group, a silent group of people, yeah. maybe people like us, that I like to call sideliners. Sure. When they hear about stuff like this, they hear egregious offenses happening, especially in the gaming industry mm-hmm. or, or any entertainment medium or wherever, right? However they do it. They sideline themselves by saying, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. However, you may have committed to actions that are like mm-hmm. that, right? While thinking, I'm not sexist, but yeah, maybe I talked about somebody's breasts before and mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't have. And I think the trouble that people have is that they have trouble reconciling their actions with the narrative of themselves in their head, mm-hmm. right? Because there's very many versions of ourselves, right? The one in my head versus the one that I present, you know, or mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that I present to other people, perhaps, like versus like individuals. Um, and it's no one wants to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a hero, sure. right? In the egocentrist way, right? We're all right. the heroes in our own story. Exactly, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough for us to say that I unconsciously have a bias, mm-hmm. right? Because you're like, well, no, I'm a good person. It's just that, you know, so-and-so does this. No, Oh, oh, really? Really? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> you made a generalization about a group of people, <laughs> right? Maybe examine where that comes from and why. Mm-hmm. And the most important part is understand why it's bad and wrong. <laughs> right and a part of that comes with educating yourself what does education educating yourself mean it means listening to voices outside your own mm-hmm. it means looking at resources that aren't told by people like yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's it's simple as that listening seeing maybe even engaging if that's okay again we i implore you to not be a drag on people and be like i need you to Explain away everything, because that can be exhausting, too. Yeah, and also that's not somebody's job job to do, right? These (laughs) women, right, who have been abused or are telling their stories or fighting their own fight right now in in very difficult ways Mm -hmm. as the stuff's being dragged through the spotlight. I know it's hard for people. It's very triggering, right? It's not their job to educate you. Right. You can figure... You have a phone in your fucking pocket. Just Google it. Real quick. You could find that list of, yeah. of, of 27 ways to be an ally just like we did. Just right? my, I don't have to ask anybody a question. I just look at my timeline yeah. and there's a lot of responses exactly. and a lot of answers for what, uh, especially the female experiences in, in uh, corporate situations mm-hmm. or office places or even creative studios like in this instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're so, out there. To put this out there, because I know we were talking about like resources, right? Sure. There is a hotline that kind of went live a year ago. Hmm. Um, it's a free harassment hotline for the video game industry. Um, it went live August of 2020. And this is from... This is from The Hollywood Reporter. <laughs> Thank you, from, Hollywood from Reporter. from last year. Um, <laughs> in an effort to provide support to those in the video game industry who have been mistreated, the founder of the media nonprofit Feminist Frequency, Anita Sarkeesian, is hey. launching an, a harassment hotline. The game's an online harassment hotline described as, quote, an inclusive resource for anyone, no matter how you identify, 
is a free and confidential text-based hotline intended to offer emotional support, referrals, and resources to developers, streamers, players, and competitors. So that that's one of many hotlines out there right now that you could, you know, text into or phone into um, to maybe speak out, to tell your story, mm-hmm. or raise awareness about a company that might be mistreating its people. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I think it's just ultimately the the question as as a male mm-hmm. that, or hey, male listeners, hey, how you doing? We're talking to you. We've been talking to you this whole time, actually. Is how do I contribute to this, mm-hmm. and how do I mitigate this? Which is basically say, what are the actions that I take currently to perpetuate this, even if it's indirectly, mm-hmm. and what are the actions I can take to change this climate mm-hmm. for the better? Right. So we, there's a lot. Of, again, like you said, there's there's a hotline. Mm-hmm. The voices are out there. Just listen. Right. Yeah. And it, it's as simple as like bouncing bad jokes, bad behavior, standing up for people. A lot of these women who don't stand up for themselves don't do it because they're afraid. Right. They're afraid of their livelihood. They're afraid of retaliation. They're afraid of losing their job. They're afraid of a thousand other things that we as men never mm-hmm. have to be afraid of. So if you see something, say something, right? See something, do something. And you bounce that bad joke. If somebody, if I came up to you, I was like, Kevin, ha, ha, look at, look at um, this person's breasts. You tell me no. You say, hey, that's not appropriate conversation, right? You bounce it. <laughs> it's just simple as that. Um, little things that you need to just root out and correct. And if it doesn't do anything, hey, report the person. That's all you got to do. <laughs> so it's it's a tough conversation to have it's not our conversation to have like i like i said before but i think we're gonna see more of this happening right when it happened with riot in 2018 it wasn't surprising but it it made us wonder okay is this going to be the domino effect and who's going to be next much like the crunch conversations right where it's like crunch exists everywhere but people aren't talking about it and we see it happening more and more across all these big triple a studios right Activision Blizzard is a huge company, mm-hmm. like a multi, like what, billion dollar company um, with some of the most prolific online games. If it's happening there, it's happening somewhere else. It's happening at big studios. It's happening at mid-tier studios. It's happening at indie studios where they, where maybe these indie studios where they don't have the same sort of resources and people can maybe get away with it a bit more freely. So mm-hmm. imagine it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably happening everywhere. It is yep. happening everywhere. It, Insomniac also got uh, embroiled in this as well. Yeah. Did they? Yes. Insomniac apparently is a very bad place to work if you're a woman. A lot of sexual harassment and a lot of the same uh, inequity occurring as well. Can you imagine that? So I also want people to divorce the idea of the product that a studio makes just because you like it Mm -hmm. doesn't exonerate what's going on at the studio mm-hmm. right like that, that that doesn't that that's a false equivalent thing where people are like well, well i love insomniac's games you mm-hmm. know and i love their their social media imprint there's no way that they, yeah no the way totally way this is gonna be a hard thing for a lot of people to a lot of those people where it's like well it didn't happen to me and wow well that happened quote 10 years ago at blizzard i'm gonna still play overwatch too sure I think that's up to each person individually, right? To make their decision how they want to move forward with these companies, right? Like in terms of like Ubisoft, do I still want to play Ubisoft games, right? Mm -hmm. Do I still want to support Blizzard? And that comes up to you and your morals and how you want to therein support products, right? Right. Yeah. If you you want to stop engaging with their products based off this information, uh, that is totally, completely fair. Yeah. Overwatch is one of my favorite fucking games ever yeah like top 10 favorite games the summer games are going on right now i want to log in and play and get summer skins but i feel torn about it so i haven't 
right? Yeah. It feels weird to log in and do something. Yeah, like I don't really now. want to play Overwatch right now. Yeah, I and it's not like I'm going to boycott them forever, right? I think mm-hmm. if um, a lot of these studio heads, you know, they're putting out statements and restructuring and coming up with new um, company guidelines, right? for how to protect people if that shit actually happens if it's not just talk then yeah i'll realign with your company but right now i don't feel very aligned mm-hmm. so also these restructurings take years it's oh, yeah. never gonna be overnight as well mm-hmm. so uh you gotta imagine that a lot of this is probably still going on <laughs> when overwatch 2 comes out yeah you know, you're still you're still uh, buying a product that was created in a uh environment of hostility yeah and i think it's the thing is like it's still gonna come out and it's still gonna sell right yeah people are gonna buy it and they're like well it sucks that that happened but i still want to play my 60 dollars shooter sure and that is kind of i i hate to say it that is what it is right a lot of people take this information for like a grain of salt and then move on right Mm -hmm. we found out how shitty of a person quentin tarantino was right people still went on saw once upon a time in hollywood so like it's like that they did like people don't change their behaviors overnight and if anything maybe it's just an acknowledgement in their mind and like well still gonna go do the thing maybe i won't go and pay for it at a theater maybe i'll Mm -hmm. you know i'll legally stream it or whatever right or hopefully enough of other people will take the the action to not engage with this where i can get away with Mm -hmm. you know this dalliance as well yeah it's weird like concessions people make to just like continue to enjoy their product (laughs) Uh uh-huh i know so over i will say overall like i again you can do what you want anybody Mm -hmm. can do what you want it's not hard to stop buying a fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> like people act like it's like pulling teeth, mm-hmm. like Tom Hanks style with the fucking ice skate. <laughs> like, like it's not, it's super easy to not buy a product that uh, a fucking turf profits off of, mm-hmm. for instance, like in the, uh, the wizarding might and magic game, whatever the fuck that's called. I don't even care what it's called. Uh, wizarding worldliness. Who cares? No one cares. It doesn't matter. It's so easy to not get these things. Uh, you know, is it like, called I the love Wizarding the, World U- yeah. Wizards Unite or some shit? Well, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, isn't that a MOBA on the Switch? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> but it's it's it actually is really easy. I know people act like it's like, well, oh fuck, you know, it's so hard because I love this thing, and it's like it's not a it's not your kid. <laughs> it's no, not, it's not your fucking kid. It's Overwatch. It's it's interesting too because <laughs> you have like big companies, you have publications coming out like yep. um like I think of like Jump Cut Play or Prima Games, right? coming up with these like social media statements like prima games tweeted hey uh, i'll even read it not gonna say hey they tweeted quote in light of recent reports regarding allegations of sexual harassment and discrimination at activision blizzard and ubisoft prima games is putting a hard pause on coverage of all activision blizzard and ubisoft content until further notice that was their decision to just be like yeah we're not going to cover these games anymore Mm -hmm. now i think for like uh, like a small podcast like ourselves like We'll probably still cover the news around the games and the companies, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, this is ongoing. The UB stuff is ongoing. And more stuff is going to come to light. Maybe it'll inform how we continue to interact with the products on a personal level. Like, right? Like, I'm not jumping to buy the, the newest Ubisoft open world experience game. No, I'm just like, uh, Ubisoft kind of sucks, right? Mm-hmm. And... And it's not just because I know somebody who worked there that was affected by upper management and this sort of culture and, and abuse. It's just like, I don't know. I just don't feel good about supporting the product. Yeah. All, so. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's a powerful thing. Yeah. Um, and I 
I don't think it's the only force function for change. I know we talk like, well, it is for the mo- most part. Like, hey, you start hurting a bottom line for a company, they mm-hmm. will react to it. Sure. But I also think it's it's also about mentality, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that are still in power. Like Ubisoft, for instance. A lot of people still in power that were a part of that. Mm-hmm. They're still there. Yeah. They're roaming around the offices and they're acting all guilty and pouty face because oh, now they can't play grab ass anymore on uh, company hours. What a sad state of affairs for these white men, you know? And it's like until we like kind of root that out and stop and having more diverse cultures in the workplace, it's, yeah, it's not going to work overall, right? But things need to always happen in aggregate mm-hmm. <laughs> for us to notice a, a genuine difference. But um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, too, because I think, like, so what, late 2020, all the stuff about Ubisoft came forward, and they had probably one of their best fiscal years, right? Valhalla still shipped. People still played the games, right? Yeah, I get this feeling that most of these publishers, when they get called out, just kind of just wait out the storm. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. like that. Th- there's no other real action occurring here. We don't hear about like mass firings due to sexual harassment. We always hear like, well, y- you know, it ain't like that. What? <laughs> well, I think more and more. Actually, I love the instigation of this conversation, which is they're getting sued. Mm-hmm. That should happen more. Yeah. The fact that like the state is coming at yeah. them like that, that must have been a whole unionization effort of, of women and people coming forward uh-huh. to be like hey, two year investigation yeah. too uh-huh need more of that we need way more of that just more just fucking suing yeah because yeah thank you for your twitter statement it's time to get sued <laughs> like that's what i'm saying i want to pull a lever like oh oh really there's some harassment going over there man i love ratchet and clank fucking sued it's just like pull the lever real quick <laughs> <laughs> just like sorry it's it's like when people when the fucking uh the goop on nickelodeon yeah comes the gap <laughs> here comes the fucking lawsuits because <laughs> that is the force function it's like that ink that they put on like um those clothing tags in in department stores where if you <laughs> yeah. try and like leave with it or pull it off it gets ink all over you you can never get the lawsuit ink off it stains deep nope so. <laughs> time to sue <laughs> there's no uh, clean dismount from this conversation no there and isn't and the thing is it's it's gonna be ongoing this is was a two-year inv- investigation i don't know how much longer it's gonna go on we're gonna hear more hear more testimonials we're gonna hear more stuff come to light that is gonna make your stomach turn and make you feel fucking terrible because it should you know the fact that a woman took her life because of workplace harassment is not acceptable no and even if it didn't lead to that, even if it was just baseline inappropriate comments to a woman about her breast, about her body, about her pregnancy, whatever, still unacceptable. Intolerable. Intolerable. So, right. yeah, I think that the best thing you can do, listeners, whoever at this point who's ever jumped off or still on, look into the resources, listen to people around you, and just like we always say across these harder topics, do better, be better. Yeah. That, that's all I really got on it. Well, I got I'll say. Sure. We won't get out of the woods until the predators are afraid. Sure. Burn the forest. Make every predator afraid. That's what should happen. Absolutely. Fucking root them out. Because they're not Mm -hmm. afraid. People should be afraid of making comments like that because it's not going to be tolerated. Simple as that. Well, anyway. Yeah, it feels (laughs) weird to promote anything else at this point. So I will just say thank you guys for listening. Um, If there were any other podcasts that, you know, dove into this topic this week that you related to or felt like you were heard or whatever, right? 
Uh, and yeah, I mean, we don't get everything right, right? And like, no. this is obviously not like a, it's never like a super clean conversation, but I'd rather it be an honest conversation, even if we get yeah. stuff wrong. And then it's okay for somebody to be like, hey, I actually didn't agree with this, or I think you're almost on the right road. Mm-hmm. Here's a correction. I'm sure. totally open to that too, because this is definitely, because we are are a part of this institution that's been so jilted for so long that we won't know when we have an unconscious bias mm-hmm. or a misaligned thought, yeah. right? That is fine. We are all growing together. But yeah. yeah. So if this was like, you know, for anybody listening going like, ah, geez. Oh, <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Or, or you jumped off it. at the hour mark. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, like, I get it. Like, it, we had some clunky conversation thoughts, mm-hmm. but it's because it's not an easy manufactured conversation to nope. have. We're not talking about, like, a review for, like, fucking Ratchet and Clank where we wrote out every thought and, like, you know. I don't write out my thoughts for reviews I, anymore. I do, do sometimes. Really? Just because I have a bad memory, so just to make sure I have all my, like, speaking points gotcha. in place, I will write stuff down. Love Ratchet time. and Clank. They should get fucking sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's just... The, the some of these like live conversations that we have like i could imagine doing this in front of like a fucking live twitch feed right getting torn apart in the moment because i said something clumsy <laughs> but like it's just you know the, these are our thoughts on it and I, yeah i can't really say anything more on it right then retroactively like i can't really like i if i if i said something wrong all i can really do is own up to it and be like hey yeah maybe i said that incorrectly yeah and i will say it better next time or i won't say it at all it's a learning journey man exactly we're just going on a learning journey all right but yeah again like you said we appreciate your ears yeah hope you have a uh a good time yeah good good night i don't know when people listen to this honestly who knows i used to be during like the the work drive commute now nobody drives anywhere we don't look at the analytics we don't care i still do i look at the stats yeah some of the episodes are climbing up there it's always always the review episodes but you know yeah yeah Yeah. gotta review that ratchet oh no fucking soon (laughs) i have to beat it still i'm dragging my feet with that oh really you probably hate it then no i like it a lot oh you probably like it a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening have a good night